Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, looking ahead to the future. First, Alexa Scott, speed skater from Clandeboy, Manitoba, capturing the overall title at the Canadian Junior Long Track Speed Skating Tournament in Calgary. She's going to Poland next month. We'll talk to her about that. Then, Mackenzie Zacharias, who is the Manitoba Junior Women's Curling Champion, heading to Langley in the near future for the Canadian Nationals. And finally, Philly and Joe, the power parlay we predict. The NFL Divisional Playoff Round, Philly has the Niners. I've got the Vikings. One of us will be very sad next week. That's all coming up on the podcast. Alexa Scott of Clandeboy, Manitoba. An athlete you're going to want to remember the name of. 18-year-old speed skater. Powered her way to gold medals in all four distances at the Canadian Junior Long Track Championships in Calgary last week. It's the second year in a row that Scott has won the overall title in convincing fashion which earned her a spot in the World Junior Championships for a third straight year. Alexa joins us now from her home in Clandeboy. Congratulations on the gold medal hall, Alexa. How did a kid from small town Manitoba wind up as a speed skating whiz? Um, Well, a lot of hard work. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have really good coaches here in Manitoba, uh, William Dutton and Tyler Dara. Tyler and I have been working together for a really long time. He's a... Manitoba native, so he came back home to coach the provincial team. So I was fortunate enough that when I joined speed skating, he was the provincial team coach. So we've had a good run out of it. When did you first start speed skating? I first started speed skating when I was nine. So I figure skated before that. And my coach, my figure skating coach, actually recommended I try speed skating because I was a good skater, but I just like skating more than I like doing the tricks and all that. You didn't like jumping? No, I didn't like the jumping, didn't like the spinning. Fair enough. Too, yeah, too much fluff. Too, yeah, not enough, like, too much thinking, not enough doing. You just want to just want to go, you just want to skate? Yes. Okay, so what was that transition like from figure skates to speed skating skates? Uh, yeah, it took me a while to uh, not want to push off my toe because you can't do that in speed skates, but... um. I um, wasn't that good at speed, uh, figure skating, so it was made that easier to okay. switch over. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, where was the nearest place you could speed skate in Clan Du Bois? Uh, so when I first started speed skating, I lived in Burden, Manitoba, so I learned to speed skate in Brandon, Manitoba. Okay. But the closest place from my home in Clan Du Bois is Selkirk, so I, my home club is Selkirk, Manitoba. Okay. Are there a lot of spots where people can speed skate in Manitoba? Um, it's like you need to look for them. So there's a few places in the city, and uh, we have really good clubs out of Winnipeg. And then there's the club in Brandon, and then we have our club in Selkirk, and then Steinbeck now has a club, which we're really fortunate to get that up and running. We're trying to also get a club up and running in Portage. Okay. Is most of this done on mm. arena ice, or do you have specific facilities? Uh, short track is done on arena ice, but uh, I'm a long track speed skater, so the only oval we have in the province is at the Sydney Claus and Recreation Complex. Okay, so when you're not there, how do you practice? Uh, so I skate a lot of short track, too, uh, in Selkirk or at the St. James Civic Center, and uh, I do weights twice a week, and we also have dry land programs, so kind of like imitating skating, but not skating. 
and obviously it's working for you because you've captured a number of races already and just take me back to the Canadian Junior Championships in Calgary and what it was like to be able to win the overall title for the second straight year. Yeah, it's um, super encouraging. I had a back injury going into trials this year and I had felt like I had something to prove. So uh, winning was consecutively, again, was a huge uh, confidence boost and I um, felt super good about the way I performed. Uh, my, I won the overall title by quite a bit, which is also really encouraging going into uh, junior championships now that uh, I can throw down that good of time. So a little more confidence going in. So the times that you posted, are they good enough to win a world title? Uh, I hope so. Uh, I'm definitely up there with like the top th- three or five girls. Um, hoping to win some individual race medals and an overall title. I was in Enschede, Netherlands earlier this year for a Junior World Cup, and I got silver in the 1,500 meters, so hopefully we can get a few more of those medals. And now you're going to Poland in about a month and a half, so what happens between now and then for you to get ready? Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to go to a Four Continents Championships, which is in Milwaukee, as kind of like a prep race. So it's a new um, event that the ISU has put forward. So I got selected to go to that. And then uh, just keeping the training going, trying to get on the ice as much as possible. And then we'll have our prep World Cup in Belarus, Junior World Cup 3. And then we'll fly to uh, Poland for World Championships. So just trying to keep everything as consistent as possible going in. And how do you balance all this with schoolwork? Uh, Life and skating are definitely a hard way to balance, like, no, everything. So you just uh, try and get as much done as you can, and sometimes you have to cut your losses. What do you mean by that? Uh, sometimes things don't get done on time, but you just – you I prioritize skating, and I'm okay with what I'm doing. Fair enough. You just have to be okay with what you're doing. Okay. Are you at university now? Uh, yeah, I was taking classes at the University of Manitoba. You were, <laughs> you said. Yeah, I'm not taking classes this semester because of a uh, lot more traveling this semester. Right, fair enough. So you're kind of working your slowly towards eventually a degree. Yeah, okay. slowly working my way away at it. What do you want to do? That's a tough one, too. Um, I think I'm going to try and... Pre- uh, get my bachelor's science in biology and then hopefully that'll transfer into either a job in medicine or that kind of field. Okay. Now you've got <laughs> uh, the summer Olympics this year, the winter Olympics coming up in 2022. Is that something you've thought about at all? Yeah. The Olympics is always in the back of your mind and it's a big goal. And um, the way I'm skating right now, if I keep improving the way I am, I think I can uh, give a spot a good, good try. I think I could maybe possibly get a spot. From my understanding, Manitoba is kind of a hotbed for speed skating. You said we have the one oval. I know there aren't a lot of uh, long track ovals in Canada, period. But the the idea that Manitoba has produced a lot of speed skating talent, you know, we think of Cindy Klassen and the the lineage here. What does it mean to you to be part of that? Oh, it's incredible. I am. Um... 
I feel like I've been built on the backs of a lot of very strong speed skaters, and that's what makes our program so strong. And uh, I always want to strive to be just as good as Cindy Clausen or Clara Hughes or Brittany Schusler or Susan Ock. And uh, I look up to them a lot. So it's um, encouraging to know that uh, we've pumped out so many good speed skaters, but it's also encouraging to know that the province has so much support for our good speed skaters. So, yeah. Well, Alexa, I appreciate your time tonight. Congratulations on your success and uh, best of luck in Poland next month. Thank you. I am joined in studio tonight by Mackenzie Zacharias, who will be skipping Manitoba's women's entry into the Canadian Junior Curling Championships starting BC next Saturday. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this is going to be your second straight year heading to nationals, correct? Yeah, that's right. And how did it go last year? Uh, last year went pretty well. It was my first time being there, and um, it was a great great experience. Learned a lot of things, and we were able to finish in the championship round and fifth overall, one game out of playoffs. Mm. So a little bit disappointing, but we're hoping to improve on that this year. So how can you take that experience and improve on it this year? Yeah, we're going to take everything we learned last year and just go into every game um, with the same mindset that we had last year, just try to do our best and take it one rock at a time, one game at a time, and we're going to see what happens. Is it the same team as last year? Uh, we have two new additions this year. So last year at Nationals, uh, we were able to connect with two other girls that were there, and we ended up forming a team, and they came out from out east, and we decided to play together this year, and we've had a pretty good season so far. Mm-hmm. So you win the Manitobas for the second straight year. What was different this time around compared to last year where it was your first time finally breaking through? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of pressure last year. Me and my sister, we had lost the semifinal three years in a row prior to that. So it was nice to finally win or get to the final and uh, win the final as well. And then this year, I mean, there was also a lot of pressure on us. We were going in as the number one seed and we were all really nervous going into provincials. But uh, we were able to take it one game at a time and play our game and then everything just came together in the end. So how do we stack up compared to the rest of the national field in BC? I mean, everyone at nationals is great. There's never an easy game at nationals. Um, I mean, Manitoba is always supposed to do pretty well, but we're going to see what happens out there. Fair enough. Uh, Do you like the format now, the last few years where you've got the two pools and then you end up with the championship pool? Yeah, I think it works pretty well. I mean, uh, our pools are split really evenly this year, um, which is really nice. And then it's a good chance to play the top teams in the other pool if we are able to make the championship round. And I think the way the playoffs work, too, it really rewards that top team um, at Nationals. They're able to able to make the final right away, and then the next two play in a semi. And yeah, I think it's not it a page well. system. It's one and then two, three. Yeah, exactly. And there might be a tiebreaker for that third one, which you yeah. were almost in last year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the, you've got your sister on your team. How long have you been curling together? Oh, man. Um, pretty much since we started, I think... Since I was probably 11 and she would have been 9 or 10, we probably started curling together. So it's been a while. And you're 20 now. And I'm 20 now. So it's been a long time. So do you ever get sick of each other? Actually, surprisingly not. Um, I think we've curled together for so long that we know how to separate being sisters and being teammates. Mm. And I, it works re- out really well. So. And you're the skip and she's the second. Has it always been that way? It has. I don't think it's ever been different. It's always been... I skip and she plays second and, and just the way it no works. no problem with that? No, so far not, yeah. And your dad has been involved in coaching too, right? Yeah, he's coached us almost every year that we've played. So that's been really special as well. 
we've been able to win a couple of under 18 provincials as well, all the three of us together, and that's been really special. And then now a couple of U21s, and that's been great. Now this is your last year for juniors, right? This is, yeah. So how does that maybe change your outlook going into this, knowing that this is your last chance? Yeah, I mean, since the beginning of summer, we've been training all year for this. It's my last year as well as my third's last year. So we're doing everything we can to give ourselves the best chance at nationals. Now, it's in BC. Do you get to explore any part of Langley when you're there, or do you just stuck in the curling club all the time? Yeah, hopefully before the event starts, we get a little bit of time to explore a little bit. We leave on Thursday, and we have practice Friday, but hopefully we can squeeze in a bit of time there before the competition starts. Have you been to BC before? I've never been to BC, so I'm really excited. Um, Yeah. A lot nicer this time of year than it is here. Yeah, I'm excited for the warmer weather. (laughs) A little bit of a tropical vacation. Talking to Mackenzie Zacharias, skip of Manitoba's junior women's curling team, heading to the Nationals in BC in a week. Now, you're from Altona, Mm -hmm. but you curl out of Elmwood. We actually are curling out of Altona this year, too. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, last year we curled out of Elmwood, and then... Because the player that we played with last year, her home, like her grandpa, like made the ice there. It was like her home club, so we okay. played out Elmwood last year. But since me and my sister are from Altona, we decided to play out of Altona this year. I was going to ask how that works, being from Altona, but yeah. playing in Winnipeg. Yeah, we we all live here for school, so we right. do practice here quite often. But we still call Altona our home club. Okay. Now, how much time do you spend in Altona then? Um, I try to go back whenever we're not curling. So weekends that we're not curling. So that hasn't been a lot. This fall, we've been playing a lot, but um, hopefully like every third weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you are, you said you're in school here. You're at the U of M studying what? Um, yeah, I'm at the U of M in my third year of kinesiology, and it's been fun so far. It's been tough this year because of curling, but mm-hmm. that's okay. That's to be expected. So how do you find the balance between schoolwork and curling? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, but it definitely teaches you to balance things in your life, and I mean, it's been it's been working so far. I've never done it without curling before. So right, that's what you're used to, pretty much. Yeah, going back to elementary school. Yeah, exactly. I've never curled and not done school. Right. So yeah. So the idea, though, I mean, kinesiology, the science. There's going to be additional challenges. Anyone that's been in university knows it doesn't get easier as you get through the years. Third year, fourth year is the hardest part. So, how do you make sure that it doesn't sag? Do you spend time when you're at the rink studying? Do you try to do just find twenty minutes here or there? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it comes down to that. I mean, we all have to do a little bit of prep before we go to nationals to make sure that we're okay at nationals because we're gone for like 10, 11 days. Um, but yeah, it, it gets really busy, but I, we drop a couple courses here and there because of curling and we try to take courses that fit with our schedules. Now, you said you've been curling for about a decade. What was it that initially drew you to the ice? I Probably my family. I mean, in Altona, we have a Little Rocks program, and I think my dad and my grandpa got me out there as soon as they could, and it just all started from there, and I loved it ever since. Mm-hmm. And were you always skip? I think for the most part. I think there was one year where me and my third, we kind of switched positions a little bit, but pretty much since I've started, I've skipped, and I've just loved it. And what is your favorite part of skipping? Um, maybe that I don't have to sweep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can actually, I can sweep a little bit. My, you have to. My third and second in lead would say I can't sweep, but I think I can. Um, I think I, I like the idea of throwing last stones. I, the pressure really doesn't get to me. So I think just being able to know that I can make like that last shot and just having the confidence to do that. So you are in your last year of juniors, which means next year it'll be Scotty's or bust yeah. for you. 
how daunting a task is that knowing that how much strength there is in the women's game in Manitoba? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Scotties this year in Manitoba, they went from 16 teams to 12 now. So it's harder to get in and definitely harder to get out of Manitoba. Based, we have so many strong teams here. I mean, there's Jennifer Jones, Carrie Anderson and Tracy Flurry and they're all fantastic curlers and we're going to have to work really hard to hopefully be able to beat them in a couple of years. But you are only 20. You got time. Yeah, we got some time. <laughs> so you you mentioned that you're doing kinesiology. Do you know what you want to do with that degree? Uh, not 100% sure yet. I mean, right now, just focused on graduating in a couple of years, but we'll see where it takes me. Hopefully find a job after that. Okay. Do you live with your teammates? I do. I live with my sister who's second, and then we also live with our lead She's originally from PEI, so she needed a place to stay out here. So we all room together, and it's been great so far. I mean, we all get along really well, and yeah. How has she adapted to life in the prairies, in the cold? Yeah, I mean, our third's also from Nova Scotia, so the cold's been a bit of a shock. They didn't really know what they were getting themselves into, I don't think, but the cold, and I mean, they can't believe how flat it is here. They've never seen such, like, flat land before. There's no water, (laughs) No, and no water at all. <laughs> right. So in that house, I imagine curling's on the TV. Oh, it's always on the TV. I think it's on the TV right now. When I left uh, to come do this interview, the Continental Cup was on, I'm pretty sure. And you're going to go back home and watch more. Oh, yeah, definitely. What is it, uh, I guess, about curling, the camaraderie of it? I guess that's part of the appeal of it. Yeah, I mean, I just it's so much fun, and it's just great. And I think for you now, you're growing up in an era where curling is, I don't want to say bigger than it's ever been because it was, it's been huge for a while, but the amount of matches that are on TV now with the Grand Slam, there's more money involved in it now. We see the equal prize money coming mm-hmm. in now for the men's and women's championships. It's a great time to be a curler, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, it seems like there's just more and more coverage on and on TV. I mean, there's so many slams already, and the Nationals now got the equal pay, which is great. I mean, there's funding out there, too, for curlers, and it's a great time. Yeah, a great time to curl and a great time to be a curler, and hopefully I can stick around in the sport for a while. Yeah, finally, on that note, what is your... Do you have an ultimate goal in the sport of curling that you want to achieve? I mean, going into women's, it's definitely going to be tough. I mean, there's going to be a couple years there where we're probably going to lose to a lot of teams before we start winning, Um, but... We're definitely. I'm definitely really hopeful that hopefully one day I'll be able to find or hopefully be able to stick with this team or just get there one day and hopefully get to the Scotties and you never know what's going to happen after that. Well, congratulations on your success so far. We wish you the best of luck in BC and we'll keep track of how you're doing. Oh, thank you for having me. Divisional weekend in the NFL. Time for the Power Parlay to make the picks. We are reconvening after the holiday break. We have divisional round of the NFL football season. It's usually the best weekend of football in the NFL calendar. Last weekend, wildcard weekend, four competitive close games. Some of them were, you know, not the best in terms of competence and well-playedness. Like the Bills game was sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Well, I'll tell you, (laughs) according to the... And we're going to get into it, but according to the uh, point spreads, they're not thinking this is going to be a lot of great games. No, we have three spreads that are at least a touchdown. So they are thinking they can't all be blowouts. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can all be blowouts. So let's get to it now. We start with the one nearest, and we're going to go in you know chronological order here, starting yeah. with the early Saturday game. And this is one, Joe, that is going to be the death match 
<laughs> of the power parlay. It is Minnesota at San Francisco, my team versus Philly's team. That's why, in this case, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to let you guys pick first. Okay, that's fine. Because uh, I'll give you the tiebreaker vote. Yeah, Christian, okay. you're a hardcore Vikes fan. I'm a hardcore 49ers fan. Spread is seven. San Francisco favored by a touchdown. If you want the Vikings on the money line, you get big. You get a big number. Yeah. You want to take the road upset. And I think if you tell Minnesota to cover, you might as well pick the money line. Here's what my thought is. We, ought, we sometimes can overreact after wildcard weekends. Mm-hmm. It's possible. The question is, does Jimmy Garoppolo scare you? He's never played a playoff game before. Yeah. Right? And there have been big games this season where he has looked, you know, not great, but yet they still win. Like the game in New Orleans, like the game against the Rams late in the season. The reason why I think San Francisco will win is because they're just so fast at every position, and the Niners' defense is demonstrably better than the Saints defense. However, I think the Vikings will cover. You think they'll cover? I think they'll, they'll cover, cover seven. I think the Vikings will cover. I think it'll be like a 23-20 game. Mm. The Vikings will somehow blow it. Yeah. They'll have chances where they could have won. Niners will lead most, if not all, of the game, and the Vikings will stay around, hang around. They won't lose by a touchdown, but they will they will fall to the Niners. Okay. That's my thought. Um now you you sent me you sent me that the Niners will win by thirty. Yeah, I've been I've been just because I enjoy Beacon at Vikings fans. I've been uh, sure. I've been a little over the top with that. Um, however, I, I look at this and and the Forty ers needed that week off so bad because their defense suddenly is as healthy as it's mm-hmm. been in about eight weeks. Okay. They're getting their best safety back, Jaquiski Tart, Jaquaski Tart. Great name. D Ford, one of their uh, big free agent ac- or trade acquisitions of the offseason, yeah. uh, defensive end, gets after the quarterback. And there looks like they may be getting Quan Alexander back a lot earlier than expected, which uh, w- their big time linebacker. Okay. So, this, I'm so excited at this proposition. Plus, the offense with, with Kyle Shanahan having a couple of weeks to prepare. Sure. I like them. I, I think they're going to cover. Okay. I, I feel like at least 10 points. They'll handle, and I know I've been wrong about my Niners so often well, this year. Well, you're often betting against them. <laughs> right. So I, I feel so, I, I feel very good about them this week. So the tiebreaker vote. Yeah. Joey Ello. Phil will attest to this. I'm the only person I know that took Minnesota on the money line to beat the New Orleans Ooh, Saints that's a good last weekend. He, yeah. And big win, by the way. Oh, but for the Vikes. Yeah. And, and the thing is. It really came down, and I was just going on a gut feeling, obviously, that Kirk Cousins had to have a big game just to settle down anybody that's in Viking land. He was fine, but he made that huge throw in overtime. 100%. But he put his name on the map. But was that Kirk Cousins' Super Bowl Mm -hmm. in my eyes? The answer to that question, I think, is yes. And I think San Francisco will beat the Minnesota Vikings, and I think they will do it by at least seven points. So I am voted out. I will look forward to next week when I can either gloat madly. It's because there's an Italian guy, a quarterback for San Francisco. Yeah, he's never going to bat against one of his brothers. You know what? I'll be interested to find out, speaking of quarterbacks, though, for Garoppolo, because these guys that leave you know, behind Brady never become superstars. They don't get this could be the guy just because of the situation he's in in San Francisco. So I will be interested. And 
does this get some people over the Kaepernick hangover in San Francisco too? Mm-hmm, because he was the superstar guy there. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more behind the scenes to this game that could be fun. Looking forward to it. It'll be fun. All right. Well, yeah, you Gold. guys will be having fun stressed yeah. out. Well, here's the thing before we get to the next game. I'm calling Winnipeg Westman basketball games this weekend. Oh, good. The, the first game Saturday starts at 5 o'clock. <laughs> You're going to be a little distracted. You're going to have to shut your phone right off. I'm not bringing my phone with me. It's a good call. I no heard one... the CIS was thinking on moving that game for your <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Can we just push this back a few hours, guys? Uh, so the late game Saturday is Titans at Ravens, Tennessee, going into New England and beating the Patriots. I don't think a ton of people were surprised. People thought it could happen. It did happen. But nine and a half points is the spread for the Ravens, who have looked so good all year. They've set a rushing record, most rushing yards by a team in NFL history. Yeah, They are really hard to stop. They've got the MVP, Lamar Jackson. I don't think there's any question the Baltimore Ravens will win. The question, Philly, is will they cover nine and a half? I say yes. Um, I I really like Derrick Henry, and I like the Titans' defense. But then I look and I see, hmm, who's playing quarterback? And it's Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, they look good against the Patriots, but the Patriots, we've been kind of waiting for them. They lost to Miami. Yeah, the Patriots, that's not the the, uh, Patriots we remember dominating. They barely beat up. Yeah, bad Patriots. So I'm, I'm not. Honest. I think maybe we're reading a bit too much into that win over the Patriots. And I think okay. every the little things that the Titans do well, the the Ravens do even better. Like run the ball, play defense, and you mentioned they have the MVP. I I'm going with the Ravens to win that one big as well. I'm going to take Tennessee to cover. Okay. And the only reason I think they will cover is because they will pound the ball and eat up and chew up clock. I just think that makes it a little bit closer. I don't think Baltimore will have the ball enough to score more points uh, than nine and a half to beat them. See, I think you could look at it the other way, too, that Baltimore will just pound the ball. Yes. And this game could be over in two hours. Oh, for sure. They're mere images of each other. Yeah, but you know? for sure. They both can run the ball real well. Yep. Is Mark Ingram healthy? That's a big question for Baltimore. But. I just think it's going to be a 23-10 game. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tennessee's going to score enough. They've got weapons, but I think Baltimore's too good. Yeah. They're think, very good. I'm going to pick Baltimore to come. Okay. So we'll move along to Sunday, which we have another 9.5 point spread. It's Kansas City hosting the Houston Texans. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lost at home to the Texans earlier this season. But can they get revenge? And can they cover 9.5? Yeah, like the NFL loves these matchups, eh? We just talked about Lamar Jackson. Now we got Deshaun well, it's, it's Watson. The next wave, right? Yeah, Deshaun Watson against Mahomes. I'm going to go with the Texans. They're not going to win, but they're going to cover that nine and a half. I just yeah. see Deshaun Watson, and they might find themselves down twenty-one to nothing early, but he'll pull something out. He'll he'll make it happen, and he'll make it a close a close game. I really believe this will be a closer game. Yeah. I don't know if enough about Houston. I, that's one of those teams when I gamble every week, it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Good or bad. Like they, Well, and they're up and down, oh, too. Man, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, what about Kansas City's defense has blown me away this year? They've been better recently, but yeah, their opposition 100%. has been much worse. And God love Andy Reid. But, like, there's something. There's a the track like, record there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? I'm a gambler. I'll take Houston to cover. Mm-hmm. I think you could. that could be the shootout yeah. of the weekend right yeah, like there. Yeah, like a 46-40. Oh, and I'd love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that has backdoor cover written all over it, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Right, let's say Houston's down 
17 in the fourth. A little garbage time touchdown. Garbage time touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with you guys. I think Houston covers there. The, the, the big spreads can't all be covered yeah. right by the favorites. No, you're right. Chance. Right. But so I, that one's got a good potential uh, game. And it could also be 44 to 10, right? It's, oh, 100%. Totally good. Uh, and finally, probably the most even matchup. Well, by Vegas's standpoint, it is the most even matchup. That is Seattle. At Green Bay, the Packers favored by four points. Two teams that just kept finding ways to win all season. Not by much. Seattle just lives in, I think, 12 one-possession wins this Mm -hmm. season, including last week against Josh McCown and the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's a four-point spread for the Packers at home. So uh, this one's tough for me because I look at it and I, how are, it's hard to be in, that impressed with Seattle's win over Philadelphia because by the time Carson Wentz got hurt, they pretty much beat a team that looked like it was in the replacement player era. Like the, the Eagles had so many injuries that, and they, and the Seahawks still only won by, was it eight? I was waiting for Keanu Reeves to be the quarterback <laughs> in the replacement. Right. Might as well have been. Gene Hackman. Yeah. So, but they still have Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is so hard to bet against. And DK Metcalf is a, Stop. Right. There's going to be an upset, right? And to me, this is where it is. Seattle's going to go into Green Bay and win. So I clearly think they're going to cover. Marshawn Lynch is obviously added to the culture. Mm. Iconic figure in there. Lockett's been unbelievable in Seattle. Here's the thing. Seattle lost a couple of games themselves. And they had already won 11 games this year. Green Bay themselves kind of made it harder on themselves as the season went on. It's a goofy game. No mm. doubt about it. I don't even know if weather plays into this but for some reason I have a feeling about Aaron Rodgers at home with his whole new environment there and I want to see a few more State Farm commercials uh, during <laughs> the weekend with his agent I'm going to take Green Bay to win okay and to cover the four and to cover um that could be tight. That could be a field goal game right there. Let's go with not to cover. But okay. I take them on the money line. I'll take them okay. straight up. And I'm, I'm with Philly on this one. I think Seattle f- for sure to cover. Yeah. The question of winning, I would probably go with Seattle on this one. Again, both teams just all year haven't looked awesome. And yeah. very, very few games where they've blown you away. Right. But you play to win the game. And mm-hmm. good teams find ways to win games that they shouldn't win. Yeah. Green Bay did that all year. They're maybe the least impressive 13-3 and oh. team we've Agreed. ever seen. But here they are hosting a playoff game. I hate both these teams. Me too. Well, yeah. My Niners are my team, so I can't stand Seattle. I guess the question is, too, because you're both in the same game. Yeah. What team would you rather face? I don't care. For me, Green they Bay. Win. There's something about right. Russell Wilson. Russell, can I just quickly say, Russell Wilson, more than any other quarterback, with, in this era of you can't hit the quarterback, he takes advantage of it more than any other quarterback because he's a small guy. He runs around like you hit the clown car music. You yeah, can't, and he's a baseball player, and he slides really well. You can't find yes. him. By the time you do find him and you try to hit him, it's always a headshot because these guys are 6'6", six, six, and he's 5'7". 5'10". Five, 5'10". Five, 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 <laughs> You know what I mean. Anyway, there's so got to be a couple of these games that are going to blow people away, though. Like those spreads just look kind of yeah, scary, huge, eh? Yeah, they're huge. As a Vikings fan, I don't care who they play as long as they're still playing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, they go good to way. Seattle, they go to Green Bay. Either one's super hard. As a Viking fan, were there a lot of Viking fans out there that I, I didn't notice on social media? A lot of them were thinking great things going no. into New Orleans this year. Well, you're conditioned so, to think bad things. Right, but you're on bonus time then. Yeah. In this no, game. I feel good. That, that's I feel an interesting thought. going to New Orleans, but I feel great now. Yeah, they got nothing to lose. Like a kind of, Really, though. Yeah, they lose 34-10, they lose 34-10. Right, whereas the Niners, the Niners have been hearing about 
you yeah. know, they're seven-point favorites. They've been hearing about it's this also is their, their first year. season being good in a yeah. while. Uh, You're not going to see Zimmer smile either way, so it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> All right, we'll reconvene next Friday, guys, and see if we can, well, see if one of Philly and I will be very happy yep. betting next Friday and the other <laughs> good one. Good luck, boys. We'll good see. luck. Thank you. And that concludes the longest power parley in the history of the CJOB Sports Show. Hope you enjoyed it, because I enjoyed it. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?